Welcome to the Barely Joking Podcast. This is Aaron Figueroa and my other host, my co-host, Parth Shori. I'll do it for you. Parth Shori. You're talking mad loud in the microphone right now. Like, I mean, so I, loud. I feel like I'm, this is my regular You're trying voice. to like deep throat the microphone right now. So it's like, You're yo, like, just trying to get it right back. Inside. One of the things I hate about my voice is that like when I listen to myself, I'm like, I feel like I have a deeper voice in real life and like see now you're being a shitty host because you haven't introduced david so we have a special guest here t- today uh david corral he's a local dallas comedian introduce yourself bro uh yeah yeah uh, my name is david corral local comic i've just been around man now i'm just hanging out during this quarantine dude how are you how are you creating new material during this quarantine man like are you just looking at walls and being like, yo, that would be hilarious if we if there's like a paint joke? No, I'm just looking at uh, Tiger King memes and just laughing at them by myself and just writing stuff. It's, it's sad. Sometimes I'm just sitting here alone laughing like this is going to kill. And then it probably doesn't. Yeah, you know, Parth, there's something that you might not know about David. He's been going to a lot of... Um, uh, Zoom stand-up comedy sets, or you know, like those, um, those events, and uh, I don't know, like, have you? Ha- I I personally didn't do it yet, but Parth, have you done that yet? No? <clears throat> no, that's that's I would never do that. How? But wait, I'm curious to know how they are, but I don't have the patience to sit and experience one of those. Because first of all, there's no laughter, right? No. It's just a bunch of other comedians watching another comedian, so it's basically like a regular open mic, no surprises. Yes. But at the same time, I I've seen like a couple of uh, good, like well-known comedians do it, do it on their Instagram live, and it's just so bad. Like it makes you think that a good comedian is a bad comedian because you don't have the audience there. Yes, it feels so weird. Like I've, I mean, I I'm pretty much bombed like the first time because I was just trying new stuff out, but it just felt weird because I didn't get no laughs. And, like, the comedians weren't showing no support. They were like, oh, is that the punchline? Oh, oh, yeah, I forgot. And they just kind of laugh. And like, no, do this. Do this. Put a put a laugh track in there. Put a, put a laugh track. Put your own laugh track in there. Like, after every punchline, just, like, press a key on your keyboard. Let's, like, clap. Like, people clapping and laughing. Like, that was, that was a punchline, guys. That was a punchline, yeah. guys. Yeah, still trying. Still trying. So, yeah. And, like, do some, like, you could do the same thing with a practicing crowd work. Like, just have, like you know, some TV show on and just like, be like, oh, where are you from? And they're like, Minnesota. <laughs> and then you just be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, I agree with the YouTube YouTube part. Like, I've seen other comedians do it and it just wasn't the same at all. Like, it's just... It's not so the same. Uh, live comedy is so much better. Yeah, even if, like, the comedians are, like, coming in and out and, like, not listening to you, there's, like, always, like, a part of them that is still listening somewhat. And like you can still yeah. get that reaction, you know. But it's not even it's not even that it's not live comedy. You have to understand, even when you're watching like a recorded show on Netflix, like there's an audience right there that's laughing to help you know when to laugh. I mean, I guarantee you, if they took out like the like the audience laughing and even those like live shows that are recorded on Netflix, you would not find that shit that much funny. Well, that's that's exactly what happened with Friends, right? With Friends, like if you if you there's a whole bunch of videos on YouTube. Uh, where they took the laugh tracks out of Friends, and like it just, it just looks really freaking creepy. Like it almost looks like and a drama, like a psychological thriller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think laughter is just contagious. Like when you're in a room full of people, hundred percent. 
they're laughing and you're like, oh, that guy has a funny laugh. And then you laugh at his laugh and then just so forth. Yeah, for, for real. Oh, man. So, <clears throat> all right. So, so David Corral, uh, let's, let's talk about what are you doing these days to, to, I mean, I guess, get better at your craft while, while like the entire economy is shut down. Actually, there was a, there was a, a tweet that I just saw like a couple of minutes ago. That was just like, you want to reopen the economy in this economy? Just thought that was such a great fucking joke. I uh, I mean that's th- the topical jokes right now are just words in like quarantine jokes, uh, Tiger King jokes, uh, these challenges that people are doing. Oh, so stupid! And there you go, just material there. And like, and I was just thinking like, this stuff wouldn't. This is good material. This is good material for quarantine. So right now, anybody's desperate to watch anything and hear anything so like right now i guess you just got to write it out and just see how it works and like i said i did that uh the live comedy and it just uh it didn't feel right like it just didn't feel right at all and i was like man i i'll just keep writing so uh but here's here's my take on that though i feel like every comedian is gonna have a set where they're gonna be like so that quarantine guys right and then they're gonna talk about what they did in the quarantine and how it affected them. And I feel like everyone's going to have a similar set after all this is over. And I personally yeah, yeah, want to avoid that. Right. I want to, I want to avoid that by like, like, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm breaking rules. Like Jersey, for example, is like under lockdown. We have a curfew and all that shit, but like, I still make an effort to like take a quick walk around and try to like people watch because there are some people like during the evenings around here, go out for a walk or something or the other. People are just practicing social distancing. But before the curfew, like at least in the community where I live, people go out and have a quick walk. And I'm like using that as an opportunity to like to people watch and see their behavior. Because instead of having a set about how the coronavirus and the quarantine affected me, I rather talk about what I saw outside, Mm. you know, keep Mm. it different. And that is going to be interesting too when uh, when we get back to like open mics and material. Like, I wonder, I'm just thinking like everyone's going to come with the quarantine stuff and like, will my old material still be, you know, efficient and will it still work? And so that's going to be the challenge. I, I want to see what's going to happen. I think, that. well, yeah, I think you'll but have like, to wouldn't acknowledge that be evergreen. Like, if you any of the jokes that you made before Corona, like, most likely is going to be evergreen material, but. Like if you if you just talk about just a quarantine, that's almost like talking about only nine eleven for like an extended period of time. Like you can only say those jokes for a couple of whatever weeks, months after the quarantine is over, but then you have to get some new material that you can you can put in your portfolio. Nah, I feel like people won't want to listen to the old material though. Like at least for a bit, everyone's gonna want to know. It's going to be like a double-edged sword. That's what I think. Like, every comedian is going to be doing the coronavirus bit, and the audience is going to be hungry for that shit. They're going to be like, I want to fucking laugh about this because I've been quarantined. It's been a shitty situation for me. Make me laugh on this topic, you know? And then uh, and then you can bring back your material. That's what I think. But even then, like, I had material about how I recently traveled to Colorado, but this was, like, months ago. I went to Colorado, and... I try to get edibles through the plane, whatever. So I had a joke like that, but that's not gonna, that's that material is automatically gone. Cause first of all, it's too old, 
But now, no, everyone's going to be like, why were you traveling to Colorado near the coronavirus time? Blah, blah, blah. You know, so I don't know. It's going to be weird. Yeah, and I agree. Like, you're going to have to punch up some of your jokes and like, well, before the coronavirus, I was traveling. And then you got to add it to like every other joke. And it's going to be challenging. It's going to be super challenging. Yeah, you know what? You make a good point there for sure. Like, yeah, like that's a really, really good example. Like if you if you tell a joke like the day after, like every lockdown is is up and everyone's going back to work and shit. Um, you start talking about like your trips. They'll be like, when was that trip? Like how how old is this joke right now? I don't want to yeah. hear all the jokes. Yeah, so yeah. I, I get it. I understand it. That's a good point. Yeah, man, I think just by writing every day and just staying on top of your craft, like you got to be crafty with it and just come with it when it comes to open mics and doing shows back again. Word. I, I you know, what? and and you told you told me that you're taking um a class right now for comedy writing. Is that is that correct? <clears throat> yep. Yep. Doing another comedy writing class. Um, This is my second one from uh, bef- after the one me and part did. Um. With Dean Lewis. Um, I didn't do any class, David. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I mean, the class. class, I thought I saw you there, but it was another Indian dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was another. They all look I the same, David? Come class. on. Mm-hmm. No, because that class, to me, was just an opportunity to get on Addison Improv. And uh, fuck the instructor of that class, okay? Yes. We're going to keep it open-ended. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to keep it open-ended, David. Go ahead. Okay, okay. The class we didn't take, um, I'm taking another class, and um, I'm learning a different way of writing. And I was like, whoa, and I'm just amazed. Or just uh, kind of similar, but just looking at it a different, uh, looking at the different premises, uh, trying to figure out how to do a different twist. And um, yeah, man, I'm just punching up on jokes more. So that's what, that's how the only way I, I can just be relevant to after the quarantine and writing new jokes. All right, well, right. So the last two years or so you've been doing stand-up only, right? Mm-hmm. So what is this class, what is this class teaching you to do that's different? Um, just write about myself more. Um, uh, like I guess the first year of comedy, I was more observant and just trying to make fun of people when I should have just been making fun of myself. And it's more funnier and when I can just make fun of myself and like, oh, I, I fell the other day tripping over a dog. And then like, what, where's the dog come from? And then like, I tell the story about it. So I think making fun of myself more is what gets audiences' attention because they can relate to it. Yeah, it sounds like you, it sounds like you're a bully, you know? It's just like, I used to make fun of other people. Now I have to look inward. And I'm just like, whoa, man. This, like, yo. Please, please give me your therapist because that sounds great. I make fun of everyone. <laughs> yeah, and like, it, I mean, you're not going to win everyone over, obviously, but the people you do win over, you're going to get the people laughing that didn't win you over because of the contagious laugh. So, and okay. And so, is this, is this specifically for your stand up material or is it for like more like monologues and sketch writing and stuff? So, I just started doing monologue and sketch. Uh, and this class is also teaching that as well. And I got addicted to monologue now. Like, uh, there was the website, uh, Comedy Wire. Like, uh, I started on Monday and I just started like reading every topical joke. Uh, right. have just- Can you explain what Comedy Wire is to everyone that might not know? <laughs> So Comedy Wire is a site that you go in and it's just basically just uh, 
uh, monologue jokes. Like, uh, for example, you'll have um, somebody will put up uh, like a news article, like uh, Dr. Oz slammed for suggesting it may only cost us two to three percent of an American lives to reopen schools. So then everybody will just write a joke about it. Um, oh, okay. And oh, like, dope. yeah, you could just read the posts and they just go through and just like uh, write some dumb stuff about it. And like, uh, as soon as the crazy thing was, as soon as I signed up for that site, the creator of that site emailed me and I was like, is this spam? But he was like, hey man, uh, how'd you learn about the site? And I was like, oh, I learned from this writing class. He's like, oh, all right, all right, man, I'll keep, I'll keep, I'll keep you updated if anything changes on the site. And I was like, all right, cool. So I felt welcomed in the site. Wait, that's so crazy! Like, just to know yeah, that, like, you're not, owner, to, you're not, you're not supposed to have a welcoming environment in comedy. What kind of bullshit side is this? <laughs> I mean, I'll send you the link, and that's how I felt. Dude. I was like, wow, this is. Dude, if that dude emails me, I'm gonna be like, what kind of hack comic are you welcoming me into this community? Fuck you! I'm out of here. How <laughs> dare you? It sounds like he's gonna be a good dad, and we're not about that. You know? Yeah. Fuck I mean, here. for me, in my opinion, like to be a good comic, you have to not. Not a good comic, and you don't have to be. I don't know how to. I don't know how to rephrase that question, but I prefer a comedian who's a bit of a dick over too welcoming, just because like it forces you to be better. Where, I don't know that would, that would just catch me off guard. I would be offended that he emailed me and would was so welcoming. I'm like, how dare you, man? How dare you? I'm just trying to become good at my craft, and you're here being nice. How dare you? Sniffing at the competition, are you? <laughs> It kind of made me think too. I was like, "Am I the only one he emailed? Like, how did does everyone else get in these emails? Is this Yo, a lot of yeah, if you asked, that would have been fantastic? It's just like, like, hey, listen, don't email me because I don't trust you." <laughs> but it, but but when I replied, he replied back. I was like, "This is not automated. This is a real person at the end." And I was like, that's how that's how I felt welcome. That's how I felt welcome to the site. Like, that's <laughs> that's <laughs> the funniest shit I've ever heard. It's like I emailed back and there was a reply. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, steps. Like, you know, people do care. There are some comedians that do care. Oh man, that sounds like I still think that he's gonna lure you into his van. He's gonna be like, Oh, we have a open mic, you should come through and then just kidnap you. I'm gonna be on the lookout for that. No, my dumb ass, where? On the van? Cool. Then I'll just go in and just fuck. <laughs> <You got. laughs> Get ready. No. Oh, dude. All right. So you're learning a lot. So you're taking that 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 online course, right? Yeah. Um, okay, so now that you're you got a taste of like monologue writing. Oh, sorry, uh like late night writing. That's pretty much what it is. Right. Um, and regular stand-up. Do you actually think that you can do that job. Like if somebody from, you know, Colbert came up to you and was just like, yo, we want to hire you. How confident are you that you're going to be able to kill that? Not confident at all. Cause I just started, but I can see how hard it is. Like you got to write a hundred times a day, different from different monologues just to get something good. And, uh, and I, I think I looked in, I think I saw a site where that's exactly what they do. The people that write those monologues write like a hundred jokes a day just trying to find the right one. So I think it's just going to take some time. But if he asked me to do it, I'm like, oh, heck yeah, I'm good. What are you talking about? I've been doing this for two years. And then, yeah, yeah, you got to do that confidence. <laughs> yeah, fake it till you make it. Yep, and that's like lying on your resume. Like, what? You know how to do an Excel sheet? And they give me an Excel sheet? <laughs> no you know, actually, I think that that is the most interesting these days because no one ever really understand how to, how to, you know, like do it in an Excel sheet. 
And even less so, I feel like today, even less because like people and I feel like it's just as relevant. Like, I don't know how to do Excel at all. Right. But Mm -hmm. like, I don't even lie about it on my resume anymore. I'm just like, who uses that? (laughs) Well, you could say I use Excel and then in parentheses and Google, like just to let them know that I can learn how to use Excel and Google. Yeah, that should be a skill for sure. That's Using like Google how so many people do their jobs. That's how that's how Parth and I do our jobs, one hundred percent of the time. Oh yeah, for sure. Same same with me. Uh, all right. So so David, do you have any uh, uh jokes for us today? Okay, so I do. Um, so two of my favorite kind of jokes that I always guarantee to laugh at. I love dark material and I love porn jokes. Porn jokes are kind of my favorite to work with. Um, so during this quarantine, um, I've been taking advantage of premium Pornhub. Watching so much porn now helped me realize that I can't trust a woman with a stepbrother. <clears throat> so, <that's, laughs> so I'm trying to figure out where I can go with that. And, uh, you know. Is there more that you want to say? Did you want to talk about the whole family? Or maybe stepbrother, maybe maybe she has a stepsister. Then I'm like, well, how long have you been stepsister brother for? Or <laughs> like, you know, some some kind of push away. Like <clears throat> she can, maybe they just got recently found each other and now they're stepbrother stepsister. Or how did did they meet at a library? Or you know, I just start thinking like porn porn wise, and I was like, let me watch this. Dude, porn. why are you doing comedy writing? You should do porn. You should do like like some porn porn plots. <laughs> yeah, just write a fucking porn script, bro. No, no, I'm, but wait, I'm trying to, I'm trying to understand that setup, though, right? So you're mm-hmm. saying that I don't trust a girl who has a stepbrother. I mean, that implies that you're worried that she's fucking her stepbrother, right? Okay. Yeah. No, I. Okay, so I, I, I am still not gonna get off of this right now. <laughs> like, yo, you need to be like an erotical writer right now you're just like whoa like how did their parents meet and what about how they they made love you know like or did they just or did they just like it just kind of happened when one of them was drunk and like they they ordered pizza and then it was a three-way i don't know for some reason i think that that the way that you described it was like hilarious it made me think (laughs) that you were thinking way deeper than you needed to about this joke or maybe i've just been watching too much porn like one of the two like i'm just trying to figure out no, I mean, like, okay, let's okay. say the lady walks into a bar and I'm like, oh, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. You know, I just start trying to talk to her. And then all of a sudden, like, she's like, oh, well, here's my stepbrother. And then, like, he, she grabs him and kisses him on the cheek. And I'm like, whoa, are y'all, how, how close are y'all? And it just makes me think, like, <laughs> like uh, y'all are more than stepbrothers. And then I'm like, oh, got to go. You know, basically, think- that means you can't date white girls anymore because almost – all white girls I know have a stepbrother. Well, there you go. I'm moving there back. You go. Moving Crap, back there you on. go. Moving back. There you go. Because like, I swear to God, I think like divorce is a pretty serious issue in the in the white community. That's what I think, and uh, I think that could be your punchline. You could immediately go into race. Okay. You're already talking about porn, right? Just immediately right. start talking about race right after, and then definitely the audience will be on board with you. Wow, you know what? Works. You know what? Actually, also, also, just to add on to that, the I don't think that the joke was missing. I mean, like, I get the joke. I think that 
uh, I would like to hear a little bit about your angle on it, which is just like your, like w- what you're expecting to find if you if you see someone who you like but also has a stepbrother, like the, like how how it has affected you personally. Mm-hmm. It's like he can't date white girls anymore. That's how it's affected him. That's what right. are you not getting exactly. about this? Eric? No, 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 I get that, but like just to explain why. Like, you know, like if we start off the a joke and like I can't date white girls anymore and then you explain why, then that would that would make it clear for me. Because because when you go to because when you go to Pornhub, right, and you select the stepsister category, there's no interracial scenes in there. It's all white people. You can't you can't combine porn categories. You can't be like stepsister and interracial. Right? Oh, that is true. Oh though. my like, god, dude. All the porn scenes are, uh, they are white women that have the stepbrothers. Step there you mom. fucking go, bro. <laughs> you, you, you're talking to a professional here, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I have a new calling. I have a new calling now. I'm just going to start running porn sketches. You think you got addicted to Pornhub now? Bro, I've been addicted since I was 11. Oh, all right. Like, he was like their beta testing premium. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't, yeah, even, yeah. Come, I couldn't even come yet. I was just watching for like entertainment. I was like, how are they doing that? And then a year later, I discovered, oh, my God, I can be involved in this. Oh, just by writing it? Okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah, dude, we're going to see him come up with, like, a cam name soon. He's just like, I have finished my research. I am now a cam guy. And I'll be like, yo, yo, no, Parth, no. No. Oh, what would your own name be? You do you know anyone who uses like OnlyFans or Snapchat Premium or like actually uses those cam websites? Uh, no. no, actually, no. I just I just keep on hearing about like um, OnlyFans, like on on Twitter. Like I I feel like, like everyone's how are you on OnlyFans. Pay somebody, yeah, but how are you going to pay somebody for material that's already online for free? Like I don't understand that. That's true. That's true. I just don't get it. I guess they're. I mean, I think we're we're, more. I think we're talking about like. Uh, people who have already seen everything. Like I know that there's like a hundred million <laughs> hours of porn, but there's like that one guy that's just like shifted through everything on just like you know, point one like one point five speed or something like that. Just saw all the videos and it's just like I need more <laughs> content. Yeah. Yo, wait. I saw I saw a really funny meme the other day. It was a uh, day fifteen of of quarantine. I finished X videos. I finished it. <laughs> X amount of videos. That's funny. Right, oh cool. man. Okay. Well, I mean, I I I understand where the joke is coming from, and I just wanted it to get a little bit more personal for you to have like a um a, a point of view that you can really defend because mm-hmm. it makes total sense. So that's that's what I was looking for, but I I still think it's a really good place to start though. All right, I got some good insight on that. Uh, there's All one right. more I've been working on. Um, so I recently got an iPhone, and I, I, everyone's having these group texts. I've had a lot of group texts, and like, like with families and friends, I'm like, with my with my cousins, it got out of hand. So I muted the group text, and I was thinking like, muting a group text is like leaving a party you don't want to be at. Like you know, you show up to the party, say hi to everybody. And then you leave the party without saying goodbye and nobody knows you left the party. Like that's, I'm trying to figure out what, what does muting your group text mean? Or how does that feel about muting a group text? 
Mm. So basically, what's the what's the equivalent of muting your group text in real life? Uh, I mean, that's what it is to me. Like sometimes somebody will invite me to a party, and I'll go, and I'll like, oh hey, what's going on? And so everyone's chit chatting in that one room. I'm like, oh, this is not. I don't feel comfortable here. It's not like, or it's oh no no. It's when did like, be exactly like leaving an orgy scene? Okay, orgy scene. An orgy scene you don't want to be at. <laughs> no it's just it comes on the heels of our last conversation but seriously like think about it like in an orgy scene like there's there's too much of everyone Aaron's like Aaron, Aaron is basically like if we're if we if we pick one topic we're sticking to that topic for the rest <laughs> yeah, of this yeah. episode guys <laughs> you, mentioned episode. Porn, you, you mentioned porn or penis once guess what we're talking about for the next hour and a half boys <laughs> here we go I'm pulling I'm going to these orgy scenes now um <laughs> It's like, hey, I want to talk about my family and cousins. Aaron's like, wait, what about orgies, though? Yeah, it makes no sense. <laughs> it's like, uh, I mean, this, it's it's an important topic, yo. We don't talk about it enough. <laughs> well, I opened the door for you. You're welcome. <laughs> or would it be like David? Next time you do your jokes, <laughs> next time you do your jokes, switch it around. Do your clean jokes first, and then bring in the porn thing. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's for next time. Yeah. That would help everyone out, please. <clears throat> okay, so I guess muting a group text would be like, you know, turning off your notifications or that's the only thing I could think of as far as like, or, you know, how is that relatable to something that's annoying to you that you want to just step away from? Uh, I think it's, I don't know. What is another example of that part? I don't know, like blocking somebody on Facebook, muting their text messages. Well, I don't know. I think it's actually very difficult because if you think about it, there's some things you can do in social media that there's no equivalent in real life, right? Like you can block somebody on Facebook, but still meet them in real life. But would you still meet them in real life? Doesn't that mean you're not friends anymore? Like, I don't know. You'll have to. That's that's an interesting topic. Yeah, yeah. So just, the only thing I can think of is just leaving a party you don't want to be at, but you don't say goodbye. You just you just mute it, and they're like, "Hey, where did David go?" And then, oh, he already left the party. Yeah, there's there's definitely something in there. I just don't know if if I see the like the punchline in it yet. I feel like yeah. all of this would be the setup for a punchline that I'm not entirely sure how we can twist it. Yeah, I think I think it's not it's not leaving a party because you're still in the group chat or the messages, right? So mm-hmm. I think it's it's muting a group text or a group chat, whatever is like going to a party and then standing next to the speakers the entire time, so you don't have to listen to anyone else, ah. you know, or just enjoying the music, something like that, you know, or like playing with a dog, where you don't give a shit about anyone else at the party. You're still in there, but like you're not gonna react unless something interesting happens. Uh, like standing off to the side and just like observing everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's something like that. Cause like, if I go to a party and I'm not having a good time, but I have to be there, I'll just like, you know, if there's a dog at the party, I'll play the dog, or I'll like control the music, or I'll do something else. Mm, like you're in the backyard, trying to yeah. figure out what you're gonna steal. Or you can bring it back to porn, like Aaron likes, and just be like, <laughs> or I go in the bathroom and jerk off. You see, now I'm getting <laughs> back in this conversation. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, wait, that's a, that's a good punchline. Yeah, go in the bathroom and jerk off. Let's just Here's have Punk say it. 
called a callback. That's called a callback. Uh, all right. Well, okay. So I, I don't know. I, I think I've, I've said everything I have to say, which is orgy. Uh, you know, you could just, cause no one cares if you leave or if you stay, but Parth, any last words before we go on to a next joke? No, that's it. That's got, that's all I got. I think all it's right. an interesting topic. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, do you guys have anything or you just want to just keep, I got another, I got more, but I got, I do got some, um, some sketch pitches and, and we can also talk about like, uh, you know, how, how we just did our, our sketch shoots on zoom, but we're we're just trying to get through the jokes first and then move on to other topics. Uh, okay. Uh, go ahead. No, no, that's your jokes. Your jokes, man. Oh, okay. One more. All right. I got one more. Okay. So. During this quarantine, I um, I've been doing just crazy stuff, and I've been getting drunk off of uh, Corona, Corona seltzer, and I'm just thinking like, man, drinking Corona seltzer is like smoking CBD weed. Like you can get buzzed or drunk off of like, you know, a few different flavors. And I'm just trying to figure out how, where this punchline is, or how do I get something to go with it. Hmm. First off, Corona seltzer. <laughs> that that's what it's this is what it's come down to for me. Like, is that a is that a thing? I I've never heard of that shit. Yeah, there's like a Bud Light seltzer, like everything's seltzer, and it's oh, light. they're like they're all trying to go in like. Oh, I see. They're all trying to like compete with White Claw. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, okay. I. Right. Wait, but it's non-alcoholic, though, right? No, it, it it is alcohol. It's like five. Oh alcohol. shit. Okay. Yeah, four or five percent. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think right now we're most interested in what the hell this thing is. <laughs> we're just like, we're trying to figure it out. It's just like, whoa, are kids drinking it these days? Whoa. Kids are. This is like, this, this is new right now. This is for people that like go to the gym, work out, and don't want to get too much weight. So they'll just drink seltzer. Oh, man. But you also, go, yeah. Yeah, I guess. I guess. It's kind of like, it's kind of like I compared it to CBD weed versus like, you know, regular weed, like. Oh, I don't smoke, but I smoke CBD weed. Oh, I don't drink, but I drink seltzer, like to get like a buzz or something. <laughs> yes, I I get it, I get it. Uh, but if there was a porn scene where someone was drinking seltzer, everyone's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm on board. I'm on, I'm on fucking board. board. I'm like, just, have you thought about incorporating porn into your joke? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey guys, this podcast is about uh, if your joke doesn't have enough uh, porn and sex talk in it, uh, please come here and we'll help you out right here. Yeah. Well, all right. Done. Found the punchline of that joke. I'm done. Yo, Aaron, Aaron, yo, it'll be hilarious if you start your own if you start your own like comedy class and you're like, hey, do you have jokes that you want to make better? Come to my class and I'll teach you how to add porn and orgy jokes in there. <laughs> Guaranteed laughs. We're talking about the like. The the double D material here, guys. Yeah. Do you want to work at only a few clubs and not all of them? <laughs> well, this class is for you. <laughs> Do you want to kill your career slowly? Come to this class. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, it's all is your career too successful with your clean jokes? Well, <laughs> guess what? I'm the right guy. There you go. There you go. Do you never want any of your family to come see your shows? Come to me. 
you only do. Yo, this could be a character sketch. This could this could legit be a character sketch <laughs> of like of the people who teach comedy classes and like they actually end up ruining your career. <laughs> I'm gonna write this down. This is a good idea. This is like and you only do shows at like strip clubs. <laughs> <laughs> That's mad ridiculous. It's hilarious. Yo, I think that that in itself is hilarious because I have never thought to do a stand-up set at any strip club ever, ever. There you go. And only like prostitutes, females there <laughs> laughing. They're all laughing at your point of. Yo, put me at a brothel, bro. Increase them sales. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so I'm sorry. What, what was the joke again? Don't worry about it. I got it. David's <laughs> <laughs> like, you give me enough. You give me enough material. I'm good. Moving on to sketch. All right. Cool, cool, cool. All right. So I, I feel like I hear my echo, which is weird. Uh, a little bit. I think I kind of hear it too. All right. So, oh, let me see this for a second. Nope. I can't change anything. Okay. No problem. Well, David and I just finished shooting a sketch that that um that I wrote a while ago, right? So so Park, there was a show that um was put up at Stomping Ground. It was it was a Hispanic themed show, and I created a sketch called Chisme, which is Spanish for gossip. So, uh, I remember us talking about this competition called battle of the sketches and we decided to choose that one only because it was able to be shot on zoom from our homes obviously and that we can still submit by the deadline of april 30th so david hopped in on that shit and we just shot yesterday okay yeah um so it was pretty good. I I really enjoyed it. Um, you know what I what I think is hilarious though is like just because it's shot on Zoom, it's still it's it still took a lot of work, and and the work has not even finished yet, because I was able to use Canva, uh, for the storyboard. I had to rewrite the sketches. Well, you know, slightly just based on some, some table reads that that we had, and then to actually shoot it. It was also another thing of like, is everyone's microphones, uh, you know, like picking up uh, their voices really well? And did we get the shots that we needed? All the other stuff. So it was a really good intro to like shooting more video sketches. Yeah. And to me, the, the one of the funnest part was like going to DCH and doing the, the table read. I was like, I, I was I was like shocked. I was like, wow, there's people, you know, there's improv people there that were really committed. Like, oh, I'm down, I'm down. And so once we got that table read, I was pretty stoked. And then once we figured it out from there, uh, we made magic happen. Yeah. Um, so after talking to um, to Michelle Rosedom, right, which is another comedian actress here in Dallas, um, you know, like she just talks about like just putting out stuff all the time. It's just all about content 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 and we had a conversation about doing more stuff on stage versus doing more stuff on video but david what do you think about 
I guess now like doing more stuff on stage and then entering into this realm of like trying to produce a sketch for a contest. I think I had fun. Like I, I would definitely do it again from just a learning experience. Cause I was just kind of off to the, off to the side a bit, just kind of observing everybody. But once we got everybody together, we got a lot of input from like the, from Michelle and Maylee and Lauren, like we started just, you know, freestyling from there. Oh, this might work. This may not work. We need to cut it. We need to trim it down to like five minutes versus seven minutes. And it, it kind of just reminded me of comedy a bit, uh, just writing about it and like just learning. Um, so it was fun. I definitely want to do it again. Yeah. Well, do you, all right. So do you guys think that it is more valuable to do stuff on stage in order to do stuff on video later? Just so that you have I mean, an audience first before you actually commit I'm to a, the video. Right. I'm at a point where I don't want to do anything on stage anymore. Uh, Wait, but you do stand up though. That's not true. No, no, I mean like improv and sketch. Like oh, I okay. don't want to do I don't want to do sketches on stage anymore and I've given up on improv. I mean, I know in the future I will take improv classes here and there, at least workshops just to keep that, you know, thinking on your feet, muscle active just cuz you need that in stand up, right? For crowd work and riffing and all that crap. But in terms of sketch, I specifically don't want to do anything on stage anymore, mostly cuz like I have equipment, I have cameras, I have more control on whatever idea I have. I can do it through a video and it will be more uh, exact in terms of what my vision is, you know, for a sketch. I, I rather do it on video where where on stage a lot of times you make sacrifices or whoever your directors will want to change something just because it can't be done because of a prop or stage direction or whatever. Like I just, I mean, you and me have done a couple of shows now, right? And we've done yeah. shows where we've been involved with the director and given our input as writers where, or we've just given our, submitted our sketches and the director has put it up. And in both of them, I always felt like, okay, it, it's not to what I've envisioned in my head when I was writing it. Right. And yeah. I just rather just put it on video. Yeah, that's fair. What do you think, David? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's going to be the thing now. Like maybe after quarantine, we start making more sketch, uh, and into zoom and just being creative with that way so well there's tiktok right oh, also TikTok. i mean i know uh, yeah i know i know a stand-up comedian who in dallas who recently started doing tiktok and his shit is blown up like oh. he's doing really well on tiktok he has a lot of followers now and uh i'll give him a shout out tree raj i don't know if tree you guys raj. know him. raj no i think it's just raj something i don't remember his uh but his TikTok name is uh, Shri Mixalot, and it's uh, he puts out some funny content on TikTok, and it's, he's like a pretty decent stand-up comedian, and he's putting up TikTok videos recently just because it's quarantine. I mean, all comedians need an outlet at this point, and it has actually been funny. Like, I've been watching that stuff, and I'm like, this is pretty decent, and I feel like there's no excuse not to put stuff on video and put it out for everyone to see, not just whatever audience is coming that night in the theater. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So what you're saying is we should get a TikTok account now. Yeah. But TikToks are, are like uh if you ever wrote like blackout blackout scenes or blackout uh jokes, then like that would that would be it. They you just have to Well, you can do about one minute and forty seconds. It's not like it's vine where it has to be seven seconds. 
you can right. do about one minute, I think, or something. But aren't the so, most successful uh, TikToks like 40 seconds maximum? Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. probably some statistic out there. But again, like 30 seconds for a quick, like, it's like this. If you have a setup and a punchline, right, for a bit, you can use TikTok to to hash it out, right, and put it up there. But then if you want to expand it or make it into a bigger bit for stand-up or you want to add two other beats into it or something or the other, you can then, you know, see the result that you get into TikTok. At least that's what I'm thinking in my head, right? If I have a bit where I know what the most heightened punchline is and I know what the setup is. I'd rather put it up on TikTok, explain it to the audience in 30 seconds, doing whatever acting I need to see the response I get. And yeah. then expand it into a stand-up bit. Yeah, you know, That's how yeah. I would use TikTok. I wouldn't use TikTok to be like, okay, I'm going to make my career through TikTok. Nobody wants to be a fucking... At least I don't want to be a fucking TikTok star. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Like, I feel like get out a piece first and then start from there and turn it into stand-up. Cause that's what I'll do yeah. sometimes. I'll tweet out something that I I thought's kind of funny, but then I won't do the whole joke. I'll just do a bit of bit of the joke, and then I'll I'll start from there. What? Right. Yeah. Um, the, that's some that's some good feedback. I've been hearing that a lot too. Like of just like getting on TikTok, and like uh, I think that part of the reason why I think it's so um, uh, intimidating is because, like, people want content in, like now, right? And, like, they all expect, like, the content to be, like, at the same quality level, like, a lot. And uh, I'm just so used to writing, like, full-on pieces and full-on sketches or something like that, where I'm just, like, am I able to come up with bits, like, you know, like, three times a week, four times a week, they're all good. You feel me? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And what's your what's your, what's your your thoughts on that? <clears throat> and it is kind of scary, though. Like, after this quarantine... How is everything going to go back to where it was before? Or even is, is it going to be back to where it was before? Do we have to do stuff on Zoom? Do we have to start doing stuff on TikTok? Because people are so used to being inside now. They don't want to go out and watch live comedy or, or live sketches. So you just have to find another way to do it now. Mm. You're just like a with the beast. YouTube. Yeah, exactly. So, because it used to be I YouTube. Think, you know what my what what my thing is though. I have a I have a feeling that when this is all over, like when this quarantine ends, like officially, right? <clears throat> there'll be hesitation by a lot of people to go out. They'll be like, "Okay, quarantine ends on like May thirtieth. I'm not gonna go out to like June fifteenth though, right? Yeah. Just to be careful, like two extra weeks." Right. Exactly. But then after yeah. after that's over, I feel like the open mics that we go to or the shows that wherever we go to practice or comedy or whatever is going to be filled because people are going to want to be out and comedy will be an excuse, right? To watch live comedy or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I feel like at least my plan is to have enough good material written that I'm going to use that as an opportunity to perform really well. Mm -hmm. Cause like you'll have an actual audience. That's what I feel. Right. Yeah. Like I, I go to the stress factory. I was going to the stress factory before this quarantine every Wednesday. Right. And some nights we would have a crowd and some nights we wouldn't. And the nights that we had a crowd, the comedians who did well got put on the showcase for the next week. Right. And so I feel like we'll have like a consistent month or two months of having a good crowd. And a lot of comedians will like become successful in that period. Just because you have a crowd and if you if you stayed ready and got new material and performed it well, you actually might make it or you might reach a next level. Like it's going to be a big opportunity, I think, to level up in your career. That's yeah. what I'm predicting. 
<clears throat> or what if you combine it all? Like let's say for example you we turn you turn this podcast into a video podcast that has a TikTok in it and uh you know a sketch in it all in one like a channel within itself like I don't know maybe I'm just brainstorming too. Man, you trying to play chess right now, dogs? I mean, that's what you got to do. Hey, David, we only play checkers here, okay? Oh, Sometimes. sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Time, man. That's it. We don't think okay. about the whole game, the whole end okay. game. Sorry, sorry. I was just stick with just uh, the black and red checkers. <laughs> Fuck slide. you for overachieving, bro. <laughs> sorry, and to be like a forward thinker, get the hell out of here. <laughs> I'm thinking too much. Nah, man, that's some good stuff. That's definitely some good stuff. Uh, So, yeah. No, actually... Now that we had this conversation, I definitely am going to take like um like a better look at TikTok, uh, just to kind of see like what's out there, what other comedians are doing and stuff. And I'm just going to bite off that because I have no idea uh, about like this platform because it used to be Snapchat. Well, sorry, it used to actually be Vines. And it was like Snapchat for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it I don't know. Like it just seems like if if you want to be hot these days, it's like uh, TikTok and Twitter. You know what I'm saying? But like, mm-hmm. is there going to be a platform that that is going to be better than Twitter and then we're just going to move on to that? It's going to be crazy. We have to always adapt, so I have to look into it. I feel like you're overachieving just well, thinking about Well, here's another thing I'll say about TikTok, right? I've been noticing, because I, I go on TikTok a lot just because I have nothing to do. So a lot of the shit is really funny, though, that people come up with. Like, it's a meme-worthy, and it's like funny-ass clips. But a lot of them are on taboo topics yeah i I actually i i agree with you as well um on that topic um but like their jokes about uh how come how come uh 80 83 percent of the crime happens because of a black because of a 10 percent of the population black people can you answer that question and like this is a tiktok that's been shared like a hundred thousand times has a million likes and the black people in there are like this is true this is really funny haha but and i'm just like wait i thought you couldn't do this kind of comedy anymore yeah you know yeah that's yeah that, that's that's pretty insane that's interesting too to figure out but to, but to what, think that that's really interesting because like um it, it kind of just it's like you can you can carve out an audience for yourself in anything, but we want to be as mainstream as possible. But at the same time, it's just like true, true, true. We, but yeah. but here's my point though. Here, here's my point. <clears throat> I got heckled, David. I don't know if you know this, but I got heckled a while back because I did a a joke on uh. Here's I'll, I'll do the bit. Uh. I I really care about income inequality, in porn. How come men get paid less than women in porn? Blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's a joke. That's basically essentially the joke. And I got heckled where they're like, actually, women, like this annoying ass chick in the front row was like, actually, uh, women get paid less than men in all careers, blah, 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 whatever. And it turned into like this annoying thing on stage. Mm. And it kind of made me realize, oh, shit, I have to be sensitive about my comedy. But in the last month or two, I've been on TikTok and... It has made me like rethink everything that no, there are people out there who want to listen to taboo opinions and contrarian opinions and like find them funny. Like they're okay with it. I agree with you that you have to find your own audience, but I don't think it's that far that if you find that audience that you're not going to be mainstream anymore. Because look at Dave Chappelle, look at Louis Mm C.K. Like they're mainstream comedians and they talk about that shit. Yeah. You know what? Like I'm, I'm saying that you're right. 
And I'm also saying that those are two different, like those people are different because even in the era that they, they were doing their comedy in, it was like, it was a completely different time where all of that stuff was, was less sensitive. Like, like you, you could still laugh at those jokes, but then like, once you already solidify your, um, uh, your fan base, it's really hard for you to just like lose all of your fans because you did a risque joke one time or two times or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and like this goes to uh, the Chappelle show. You cannot find another show just like that because he did so no. much racist yeah. stuff on there, and like he set the bar so high. So now he can just carry that on and write jokes about it. I'm pretty sure he can't do it now. Yeah, but I like, think it's I think it's harder now. I but the thing is is that to Parf's point, I think that you can still do it, but I do think that comedy is going to be different in the way that the the thing that. You know how like there was only a, a couple of comedians like in in our view at a time. You know like Richard Pryor and like or like Martin Lawrence and like all these other things. Like there was no other outlet to get those things uh, to to see comedy. So we're just like, oh, this person is different. We like them. But now there's just so many different styles of comedians or like comedy for comedians, uh, and they have different ways of getting that content out to you, whether it be like in a YouTube video or Twitter or whatever, that like, I think that is just fundamentally going to be harder these days to build a solid following. But then don't you feel that you're frustrated? I mean, I personally feel I'm frustrated as a comedian that I have to do comedy to be mainstream. I have to do this very uh, toothless comedy. Cause like, I feel my comedy goes towards, talking about more taboo topics like race and i'm not i'm not just talking about because i'm indian i only want to talk about indian race i want to talk about uh, i've grown up around black people i want to talk about my relationship with black people yeah. but because i'm black i can't do black jokes because i'm not black i can't do black jokes or i i can't do <clears throat> jokes about feminism or all this other bullshit because i don't know i feel like when i do jokes only about uh or, or the material I've done so far has been jokes that are like pretty much generally clean and not too taboo. And I'm not saying I want to be taboo for the shock value, but a lot of times the funniest material is in taboo material. Don't you think? Yeah, that's yes, well, that's actually sure. interesting what you said. I'm going to go off what you just said. Like there was a, when I was open micing, there was a, a, a white comedian and we know who he is. Uh, he, he asked me about uh, a bit he was working on. I was like, oh, and then I, I kind of just threw like a racial story. Oh, you should make it into uh, uh, a racial thing. I, I don't remember the bit. He was more like his his car got stolen, and I was like, well, he, I was like, what kind of car was it? I was like, it was a Honda. I was like, oh, I said, I said, uh, well, make it seem like an Asian dude stole your stole your Honda, and if you drown a Crown Vic, make sure a black dude steals your car, and then so forth. He's like, no, 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 I can't do that. Like that, that's too racist for me. And he, he was a white dude. I was like, I could have done that joke, but I don't know. I guess. He saw it differently than I did. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I feel like you're, you're, you, you could do that joke. You should be allowed to do that joke. It's not a big deal. Everyone can laugh at themselves. Everyone should be able to laugh at themselves. And here's my, here's my biggest take on that. The person who will get offended if you do that kind of joke on stage is the same kind of person who will get offended in, every, uh, in, the, in the audience. It's the same person across the world. It's usually a white woman who's very liberal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well yep. okay so this is the question i have right um if you go to a, a, a how many times do you have to tell that same joke that might be risque um before you're just like i have to throw this away or i'm gonna keep it in like 
how well, many times I so open I, mic. I thought about this too. I thought about this too. And and Dave Chappelle has done a bit. He's done a bit similar to this on stage, and he's answered it in an interview. Uh, it was an old ass interview around the time where you know the guy who plays Kramer ended up ruining his career because he said the n-word on stage yes. uh, yeah. remember that yes. incident yeah. yes right so dave Chappelle had been interviewed about that and he did a bit about that on stage where he's like as a comedian i know what he was trying to do okay i know exactly what he was trying to do and he just messed it up and that and that's what he said on stage as the bit where he's like it kind of made me realize i'm a comedian more than a black person right i'm more part comedian than i am a black person and that was the bit and it was it was funny whatever and then he talked about it in an interview and i think louis ck did too i've heard chris rock talk about it where they're like if you're doing this in a room full of comedians i guarantee you no one will get offended because they know what you're trying to do what you're trying to say it might come off really bad when you're starting out the joke initially when it's your first time doing it just because you they know it takes work to polish up a joke Mm -hmm. right yeah and so and so when you do it in an open mic crowd 80% 80% of the people are comedians, so you should just ignore the audience members. But you should keep doing it, or at least the way I would do it, is I would keep doing it till I polish up that joke enough that even if it is a little bit offensive, I can still make my comedian friends laugh. And once I've done that, then I know the joke is good. Because that's my criteria for any joke. Yep. If I can make the comedians watching me at an open mic laugh, I know this is a good bit. That's, yeah. my, that's my general line across it. So it's the same thing for that joke. So... Aaron, to answer your question, before it even reaches an audience, that joke, I'll already have a decision on it, whether or not it's good enough. If it's truly funny and my comedian friends are laughing at it, I don't care. I'll do it in front of the audience. And if the audience gets offended, well, it's a sensitive audience. It doesn't mean the joke is not funny. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I totally get you. And like, you know, this is this is why I like doing this, um, this podcast with you in particular, uh, because like I am less willing to take risks on stage and you are willing to take more risks. And like, I think it's like a good balance because I'm just like, what I really want to say, the the kind of jokes I really want to say are like very risky. (laughs) And then I try to bring it down to make sure that it's more palatable. Right. And then you kind of take it to a place where you're just like, I'm going to start where I want it to be. And then I'll, I'll let the audience tone me down. And I almost think that that's a better approach or at least that, that sounds like a way funnier or way better approach than what I'm doing. Right, because the audience will tell me if it's too if it's too much. Like, okay, so yeah. if we go back to that same example, we'll go back to two examples that I just gave. So this one where I gave that, yeah, I'll find out if it's funny for my comedian friends, but if it's offensive, I'll find out from the audience. But I'll also have a limit where, okay, if I'm performing the joke in New York where it's more liberal and people are getting offended, okay, fine, I won't do that joke in that kind of audience. You have to know your audience too, yeah, right? Exactly. But if I'm doing that joke in uh, in a more conservative place or a place where I think that joke fits in with the crowd or whatever, and they're still getting offended, then I just know across the board it's a it's an offensive joke. If, if 9 out of 10 that joke is be offending people more than making them laugh, I'll throw it out. I'll say, okay, I guess my comedian friends were wrong because comedians do generally have a more flexible sense of humor right like we joke about more fucked up stuff than that yeah for sure yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so that's that's there and then my second thing is the porn joke that i was telling you about where that lady got offended that joke i have done in crowds and afterwards people have come up to me and aaron you were there in one of the shows that i performed it where people are like oh my god that was the funniest joke i've ever heard that women get paid that men get paid less than women and and i mean you know it's i think it's a balance 
that you have to figure out on your own. But there should be a metric that should work for everything. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and yeah, no, I totally get that. And uh, you know what? Actually, and I've I've had these conversations with David too, where I'm just like, I would tell a joke that he doesn't particularly like, but David would just be like, "You should still try it." Like, and he's given me that advice many times. And yeah, you got to do it to other comics as well. Um, I mean, I'll do that too. Like, I remember when I first started off, I did my first five minutes at uh, DCH, and I was thinking like, "Oh, this is I'm I'm ready for stand up. I'm ready to do everything." And then when I started doing jokes just in front of um, comedians, I wasn't getting no laughs. Mm-hmm. I was just getting laughs from just the audiences because, you know, comedians and audience audience members, they think differently. So um, it just made me rethink my whole material, made me rethink my whole life. And now I want to be a porn producer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what? actually, what I want to know is, uh, can you can you tell us the time that you bombed? Right. Like and oh. like just. The first time, the first or second time, or, or at least the worst time that you've ever bombed. I want to hear that story real fast. Man, I remember just, okay, so after I did my set DCH, I was like, oh, this is going to go good. And uh, I had never been to open mics before. I'd never been to open mics before. So I go to my first one. It was in the uh, Plano Hyenas. Hyenas in Plano. Uh, I get there early thinking, oh, man, I'm, I'm one of the first ones here. Oh, here's the list. I sign up. Oh, is anybody else coming? It's like. 8.30, and I think the mic didn't start till like, 10. And they're like, yeah, 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 you're good, you're good. And I was like, all right, cool. I sign up. Everyone shows up. And I had a girlfriend at the time, and she's like, oh. And she was waiting for me, to, waiting with me, too. And then once the uh, the real list came out, she, I didn't go on to like, 1 a.m. And I was like, what? I got here early. But obviously, it's part of the game. You know, you got to work your way up. So I do my first open mic. And I remember I did this joke about – it was about the uh, – the Black Lives Matter thing, and I did okay. a joke. I did a joke about uh, cl- uh, clown lives because I I don't remember the bit, but it was like I was scared of clowns, and I was like, clown lives don't even matter. And then like it just kind of and the 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 host was a black dude, and he just like just looked at me, and then I was like, and I stopped there too. I was like, all right, that's my time. See ya. And then like I didn't get any laughs. And my girlfriend was like, you stopped at that joke. And I was like, yeah, let's go. And I was just like, leave me. It's like, I want them to remember me. Yeah. And I, was I like, want I want hyenas to know when I enter, shit's about to hit the fan. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, never doing that joke again. And I just had to go back and rewrite everything. I was like, yeah, I got to change that clown joke up. And Parth, note that he's single now. I don't know if those two things are related. Just like... <laughs> Hey, yo, do that bit on stage. Do this. Do exactly this bit on stage, and be like. And at the end, I realized my girlfriend's black. I usually never see race. Oh, okay, that works. <laughs> that could work. That could work. It's like that's why she left me. Because clown, because clown lives don't matter. Oh man, oh that's a really good funny story. By the way, Parth, but he is he may be taken now, but we don't know yet, right? But he might be <laughs> yeah, taken. Yeah. Well, it's it's a it's quarantine official, so it's not official. official they started yet. dating in quarantine, bro. <laughs> That's the best time. That's the best time to get in a relationship. That's and, a good uh, like love story though. Like if it if it if everything works out to like you know like the marriage level, and they'd be like, oh, how did you guys meet? It's just like in quarantine. It's just like you couldn't even leave, and you found love. And it, like it is funny because part actually it's funny because part hit it right on the nail. Um, that's why I can't date white women anymore. Well. 
the woman I'm the, the woman I'm talking to now is Mexican, and I used to date a white woman before, so I'm like, dang, he hit it on the spot. And I was like, that's gonna fit perfect in my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but I, All right. I'm just writing about the difference between white women and Mexican women. Well, okay, so <clears throat> uh, I got another question for you. Uh, have you? Ha- Sorry, let me ask this in the correct way. If you have had a heckler. What was that like? The first heckler. I think. Okay, one of my first heckling uh, experiences. I was doing an open mic, and it was this drunk guy there, and he was heckling everybody. And so, I was like, oh, "I hope he doesn't heckle me." And then, because uh, I was going up last, anyways. And I, sure enough, when I got there, he was just he was just looking at me, waiting. And I did this jack off joke, and then uh, hey, he's like, "Hey man, you you're jacking off wrong. Uh, you got to do it with the <laughs> other hand." And I was like, what? I, I didn't understand. And I was like, yeah, man. I just told him on stage, yeah, you're right. I've been jacking off wrong. And I just kind of left it at that. And I just kind of just uh, just went on with my set. And then um, he left after me. So his whole sole purpose in life was to heckle me last. And then he left. <laughs> so I never heard or seen from him again. And I don't even do the jack off joke anymore. Uh, wait, all right. let, let me just get this straight for a second. So you're telling me that that you were the last to go up. And he yeah. waited so that he can heckle every single person that went up that night? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he started, like, in the middle. I think he started in the middle. And, like, uh, he was kind of sounds drunk. so deliberate. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I feel like I was like, well, it's still, it was, like, almost midnight. I was like, he's probably going to leave. And then I was like, crap. And I was still, like, you know, new to the game. I was like, I hope he doesn't heckle me. And I go up. And, like, I think that was the only thing he did. But I, I, I guess he liked my set. But he didn't laugh. But I don't know. <laughs> you know what I think is heckler. interesting? This is an interesting thought. What if every person that heckles people, they're actually producers? And if you can like deal with them in the correct way, then they're just like they're gonna offer you a, a, a like a a job with like Judd Apatow or something. No, fuck that. Fuck that shit. I'm I'm destroying you if you heckle me. No, no. It, I'm just saying that like imagine if like they're like sleeper cells or whatever, they or secret shoppers. That they're just in there and then they're just like, let's just see how funny they are. Then they heckle you. And then if you destroy them, they just lie. You get the job. You get the job at NBC. Imagine you go like all Kramer on them. Like you go straight up Kramer level on them. And then they're like, you know what? This is the kind of material we need right now. (laughs) There you win. (laughs) You have the job. You're hired. Let me see your resume. Oh, man. All right. So I I came up with some ideas that, that, uh, that can use some of your... Your knowledge on okay. Uh, um, I came up with this line, and I don't know, I don't know where I can fit this into, but you just tell me. I had better, and I was a virgin. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is where I got it from. There was like a TV show about like murder or whatever, right? And um, and the girl was just like. I was like, she was like talking shit about like her boyfriend that can't satisfy her. And um, so she was just like mad at him and she was telling his friends just just like, like, oh yeah, like I've just had better. And then he got really mad. Uh, and I was just like, what if she was a virgin though? And like the, and like the, she had better is just like herself. That's my, that was my first thought. Like, yeah, she had better with herself. Um, but still a virgin, unless she has some toys involved. 
No, I guess what I'm I'm trying to figure out is I don't know where I want to use that line, but did that line in itself m- like make you chuckle inside? Um, she had better. Like I had better, and I was a virgin. She had better with herself, or she had a toy involved, or I don't know. That one's a tough one. That one's tough. Okay, that's fine. I was trying to see if I can use that line somewhere, but I don't think it's hitting as hard for you. Let's see. Um, people are okay. This one is a cub, uh, a commercial, on or not? May, maybe not a commercial. Maybe it's a um, uh, like an instructional video, but it's for uh, people who go fishing. And all they do is just find dead bodies. So what I'm what I'm imagining is, is that this guy is, he's just as as a fisher. I guess like the game is is like, as a fisher, like you're just trained to find dead bodies. And there should be like a radar that he uses to find these dead bodies. <laughs> a radar, like a, a a dead body radar, and that's what it's specifically for. And uh, well, and where which is he going into lakes? Is he going into like small rivers to do this? Um, is he? Why is he looking for dead bodies? <laughs> okay, so you might not have heard everything, but I'm I'm all right. So I'll start from the beginning here. So this man. Uh, is going to make like an instructional video for fishermen on just how to find dead bodies. So this idea comes off of like every single time I watch like a like a TV like a TV drama or something like that and like there's always bodies that are found like fishermen or people who are going hunting for instance, right? So I just want to stick to fishermen for here, but I I want to see if there is a funny way in your mind uh, for there to be like an instructional video on like like going fishing is not just about like catching fish, it's also about spotting dead bodies and reporting them to the police. And these are like the ways that you would do this. Is he is he like a, 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 a detective now, or is he is he just doing this commercial just because, or? No, I'm um, thinking that it's like he's just maybe he's in the middle of like a well known river or something that it has like a lot of bodies being thrown into it. Like instead of going fishing, he actually just goes fishing for dead bodies. It's a parody, basically, right? It's a parody of the character in a movie that always, like, in the beginning of the movie, finds a dead body and the mystery starts, right? Correct. Yes. Yes. Correct. That would be correct. I feel like, correct. I feel like you have to, you have to start and heighten already. Like, you have to clearly explain what this is a parody of, because you're doing a parody of a very, you're doing a parody of one of those things where somebody will, will, have to know very clearly what you're parodying. Otherwise. It's it's a cliche that somebody's like, oh yeah, I've seen that before, you mm-hmm. know. But you don't want them to say that at the end of the sketch. You want them to know from the beginning of the sketch. Oh, he's parroting that character. I know that character, right? He's in the, that mystery movie that I always watch or mystery series. I've seen it countless times. So, 
I think to set it up, you should have it heightened like a hundred times already. Like, hey, I'm the new detective on the force and I found 300 bodies in the river. It's like, what are your other qualifications? That's it. I'm just a lucky fisherman. Oh. <laughs> you know? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you would lean less from like an instructional video and more into like get this man a job because he did this or put that fisherman in other places. That's what you. That's what you're saying. Right. Or... Or I would turn it into a parody of the thriller series where it turns into a comedy where the detective is like, the detective becomes obsessed with the fisherman. Like, hey, uh, we found, uh, we on this dead body, we found signs that it could have been done by the mafia. And the detective's like, no, but what about the fisherman? And the fisherman's like an 80-year-old man. Mm-hmm. It's like, he's a, he becomes obsessed with the dude, even though it's clear that it's just an 80-year-old man who ran past a dead body. But the detective is like, he's he's found 300 other bodies, though. It has to be him. So they just use him. You know, like you, you have to make it very, uh, very clear what you're parroting. Because you're par- you're not parroting a main character anymore, right? You're parroting a very cliched character that comes up in a lot of movies. Exactly, and like, it, like this character shows up in movies, TV shows, documentaries, that kind of stuff, right? So, right. Um, I'm thinking that there's a couple of ways also, which like. It's one man, just say if, if like his name is Todd or whatever, right? But like like every time you find him, he like I don't know, like just frame the sketch in a way that you can see him on SVU, you can see him on like like other crime TV shows as well, like throughout the networks and movies and like and it's just the same guy. That's one I don't know. That's one way if it's a video sketch to do that. What do you think? Yeah, like he works I mean, for or, all these different or about, networks or something. Something stupid. Like right. That. Well, so I think the way you could do that is, you know, how after he finds the body, like the detectives will go talk to him afterwards. They'd be like, "Hey, in '93, you found that body, right?" He'd be like, "Yes, I'm old man Jenkins, and I find bodies all the time, right?" <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I found I found the body for the CSI unit, and I found the body for the SVU yeah, unit too, yeah. right? If and so, to make it funny, you could have like a Matthew McConaughey character, because I've seen that character on True Detective, right, season one. So you could have like Matthew McConaughey and like Woody Harrelson's character show up and start questioning him, and then like the SVU crew shows up as well. They're like, "You know this guy too?" They're like, "Yeah, he he, he seems to find all the dead bodies," and he's like, "Yes, I'm old man Jenkins, the dead body finder." And they're like, "But you're a fisherman," and he's like, "Nope, I actually just find dead bodies." That's how <laughs> that's I make all he does. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's or could, or like, could he okay. hide bodies for you? Could he hide bodies for you? Like, if you're gonna kill someone, like, would you, I need to hide this body. Okay. He I never know. hides. He always finds. Imagine. He always finds. Okay. Okay. Imagine for him, like, why? Why? Everyone tries to hide their bodies in a river. Why don't we try hiding their bodies in the middle of, you know, in the middle of the street? Like his his, his logic is like always like there's always a dead body in a river, and that's it. Right. I know. And then you see him like they they like. They dumped the dead body in the sewer, and you see old man Jenkins in the sewer too. He's like, they don't know I fish here too, idiot. <laughs> you know, like you fucking can't escape this guy. And then you also have like at one point uh, an inmate, like you interview an inmate or something. I would I would see this as like a mockumentary or something, like a two yeah. like a five minute mockumentary. Yeah. And like they also interview an inmate, and they're they're like this fucking old man Jenkins, man. I've committed murder five hundred times. He finds everybody. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> yeah, he's got all the tools to find it, find bodies. Oh that's man, how, I mean that's okay. how I picture it. 
All right. I like Cause that. You, cause, cause this character is so cliche that it has to be heightened so much. Yeah. Just so everyone understands what you're parodying. Cause if you start off soft, everyone's like, what the fuck is this about? Right. Mm-hmm. And you don't want it in your last beat where it's the most heightened, where people are like, oh, okay. He's parodying that character that I don't know the name of, but I've seen in countless movies. Yeah. And then, you know what? And then I also came with, um, with the idea that joggers also find their bodies when they're running. Right. I only want to make fun of the Fisher, but I thought that maybe as a button to add a jogger. And it's just like, no, this like this guy is the best. And like he's been jogging all of America finding dead bodies. <laughs> uh, let's stick with I don't the know Fisher. if that I don't know if that no, no, I'm saying I'm gonna go with the first one, but I don't know mm. if that was that if that would be a good ending to that sketch. No, because the jogger character is always like I feel like so the jogger character is always like you'll see a scene in the beginning of the of the episode or whatever like SVU or CSI or whatever where you'll see a jogger and they'd be like hold on Karen I'm just gonna tie my shoelaces and she like bends down to tie her <laughs> shoelaces and she sees a head like right yes. at the edge of the path where she's like running right yeah. and then that's it that character never comes up then the next thing is you know in in the in the what's it called the room of the svu unit the conference room where they're like hey a jogger found a body on path 29 in central park i guess we have to investigate and then the episode happens and you never see the jogger again right Mm -hmm. but like the fisherman character is always interviewed for some reason because he is such an interesting character like he'll talk in like riddles or he'll be vague for no reason it's like (laughs) so you fish so you fish you fish uh trout right and he's like no salmon it's like, who gives a fuck? Why are you asking him that, right? Like, <laughs> okay, I like awesome. this character. I like this character. Yeah, this, this that's good. Work. I like it. Um, I don't know why. Okay, so this is a commercial, right? Commercial. Uh, and like, this is what the narrator is gonna say first, and whatever. I'll just, I'll just share with you, and then we can go from there. Uh, men, have you ever called your lady fat, crazy, narcissistic, drunk, beautiful, okay? Well, I'm sorry to tell you, your penis may be in danger. Every man should prepare to get castrated and murdered by their wives. Oh, is that it? That no, that's all I got so far. But I was just like, that's such a crazy uh infomercial beginning. But I'm just like, can I go somewhere with that? That's my question. Uh to me, he's the this is a guy that has bad relationships and just ready to fight back after these bad relationships. I don't like it. You don't like it? No. No. It's too, it's too, uh, I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's like, I don't know. You have to be, I can't think of anything to make that funny. Yeah, Yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. So, I mean, I, Still pretty. I'm still doing pretty good right now because I just pitched three ideas and I got I got one idea out of the three that was that can actually go somewhere. So I'm still winning tonight. There you go. Um, I got I got, okay. And then this is another one. I was I was watching this new show. So I'm I'm totally on like this uh, crimes you know binge watching. Um, but the the idea behind why I thought that this this part would be funny. There was this one episode that I was watching where this guy just walked 
directly into a stranger's home. It was a woman that was there with her baby or whatever. And he robbed her, like didn't rape her or anything, but he robbed her. And then went right before he was about to leave the house, he smacked her really hard, right? He smacked her so hard that his own hat came off. Okay. And I was just thinking, it's just like, can you imagine how terrified she is of just being, just going somewhere and being smacked? Like not to be raped or any, or like, or stabbed or anything like that, just to get smacked. Mm. So you, so do you want to get smacked? Is that what, is that what? No, no. What I'm saying is like, how funny would it be to just be terrified that you're just going to get smacked and that's it. Like for no reason, like you have no, you have no reason, like you have no um, explanation as to why this is happening to you. Like, why am I, why am I walking out to the world? And then someone just smacks me like a stranger, a complete stranger. For some, for some reason, this is the first thing that came to my mind. Like you can go and pump gas and be like, Hey, 20, 20 on 19, turn around, just get smacked for no reason. <laughs> then- I don't, I don't know. And then, I, like, yeah. you just pay for the gas, and you go pump gas, and then I don't know. What do you think, Parth? I don't know. I mean, it's a it's an interesting idea. I'm just trying to think. She has a, like she has like a getting smacked addiction, or she's just always afraid of getting smacked. Yeah, no, no. It's like the question of why did she get smacked? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Okay, okay. So like this guy. All right. So in the episode. What I liked is that that it was just setting up the the story about like this random guy that came in, like and it was just like I'm not gonna hurt you, just give me your money. And then she's just like, all right, here's all of my money. And then like for the first time ever, like he just leaves. Right? That usually doesn't happen in these kind of like TV dramas and stuff. But he just before he left, he's just he just smacked her so hard in the face, and then he bounced. And then I was just like, yo, like for her, if that happened to me, for instance, and like somebody just like beat me, like beat me up or just like try to like rape me or do anything else, right? Or torture me. Like, I'll be like, okay, well, this guy is clearly crazy. But if I just get smacked, I'm going to be like, what the hell did I do wrong? Who, who did I say? Like, like, sorry, like who did I offend? What did I do? So I'm now I'm just going into the world thinking I'm going to get smacked. For some reason, with what you're telling me, I picture like a overly sexual character who's like, what are you going to do if I don't give it to you? Slap me. And the dude's like, wait, what? No, I just want your money. No, I want you to smack me. And the dude's like, you know what? This is fucking weird. I don't want to get into this. Right. And it's like, turns out she's into getting smacked. Like she puts herself in situations where she will get smacked because <laughs> that's a turn on. Right. Um, but, but that has been done many times before. Yeah. That kind of parody. So, I I don't know. I mean, that's the only way I I see it going. Uh, And then she becomes a porn star. And then she becomes a porn star. Yep. Dude, that's your angle, Aaron. You you got... (laughs) 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 Aaron's like, how did this lady end up in porn? (laughs) (laughs) But the smack thing, I don't know. Like, it just doesn't really... I gotta, like, what, what set it off to where she keeps getting smacked and... Like, how did it keep going? And like, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I thought that there would be something for a video sketch there. 
just like the fear of just going outside and getting smacked. It's it's it is, but it's but to be fair, it is also something that has been done in um uh what's that shows that show called um the one that had Barney and uh like who's your mother? <laughs> no, how I met your mother. Oh, how I met your mother. Yeah, there was like this one thing where um one of the characters was able to smack uh Barney at any at any point, and like he was in constant fear of it. So it has yeah, I never watched it has slightly been done before. That's what I mean. Doesn't this used to be a game when we were kids? Is like wasn't it like open chest? You had to like cross your hands or uh if you say something with the letter B, you get smacked or Yeah. You, you remember playing those games? Yeah, I remember those. And you know what's so funny about it? Like looking at it as an adult. I'm just like, man, like, was I not only being physically abused, but I was also mentally abused. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're literally just like, all right, we're going to play this game where I hurt you if you don't get the answer right. <laughs> or, or, or that could be something, though, like playing those games as a child, you play them as an adult. And, you know, it's it's not that. Uh, the adults don't like it anymore. Like, uh, grow up, and then you're still just playing with them. Yeah, we're not gonna get man- like mentally manipulated anymore, my man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, those are those are the sketch ideas that I came up with. Oh wait, actually, there's one more. Uh, there's just an argument between a couple where like the the girl saved like the man like the guy's life one time from like certain danger, and. Uh, and then they get into an argument. And then she's just like, remember when I saved your punk ass? Remember that? Like, every single time they get into an argument, she just brings up the fact that she saved his life one time. That's just a typical woman that does that. Just what? No, no, no. Past. I'm you were bringing up the past. <laughs> <laughs> David's like, what the fuck are you talking about, bro? This Have you never life. been in a relationship? <laughs> this is, the, this is so real I don't, you're talking about. Like, I just... I want it to be like so in in a way that's like the like the girl had to save him from like like a very very embarrassing dangerous moment you know what I'm saying and like it's something that like that everybody would laugh at something everybody would laugh at yeah like I'm sorry are you trying to live in an ideal comedian's world right now. <laughs> <laughs> What did Parts say? No, your your hopes are too high right now. I need you to come down a few notches. Yeah, no, that's true. But you, well, all right, so so Parv, did you? What's your first impressions of that? I don't know. I feel like your last two examples have been like low status, not low status characters. The the characters in a show that are not as important, and you're trying to parody them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I get it. But I feel like those are less likely to be successful just because they're unimportant characters. Do you get what I'm saying? Like parody something more prominent rather than something. Because like, I think it's the same difference between the jogger scenario and the old man fisherman character scenario, right? Like both of them are playing the same role in those like detective TV shows. But the old man one is more prominent. So it's obviously going to be easier to parody and you can be more flexible, more likely to be funny. Where I like the smack example and this example, I'm just like, yeah, you could make it funny, but like, why not put the effort in a higher level character? Do you get what I'm saying? Mm, okay. 
Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Just because, I mean, yeah, we can come up with parodies like we came up with the smack one where like she gets turned on, but it's been done already. Mm-hmm. The this one, same thing, like a funny ass situation where she saved him from an entire from a funny from an embarrassing situation. But then she lords it over him. I feel like you're more likely to get the audience on his side and be like, that girl's a bitch. (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. for real. Uh, Yeah, that's true. That's definitely relatable. It's relatable, but it's like... It's like when you show domestic violence against men and women, right? Everyone laughs when the man gets beat. But then if you make it real and it's like, actually, men are bigger victims of domestic violence. Everyone's like, whoa, I don't want to know those facts. What the fuck? I came Mm -hmm. here to laugh. You know, <laughs> there's always gonna be that one person that laughs way too hard at that shit, though. <laughs> it's like, yo, why are you laughing at this so hard right now, bro? Because it happened to him. All right, cool. Yeah, what else we got? I had some. Uh, I had a bit. So I saw one of your uh, one of the monologue jokes that we put out for our uh, barely joking Twitter account. Uh, one of the jokes was, uh, I'm waiting for OJ Simpson to start a masterclass on marriage. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, right? I did see that. I saw that, too. That's, yeah, funny. Yeah. That's funny. Right? And it kind of made me realize, I want to talk about, I want to go back to discussing OJ Simpson. Just because, like, because of this quarantine, I have so much free time. I've been, like, reading up on random shit. And this OJ Simpson case, I feel like... The kids these days don't know about that O.J. Simpson case, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't think my brother knows the entire case. Like, my brother is about six years younger than me. I don't think he knows who O.J. Simpson is and why he's important. Like, he knows that O.J. Simpson, like, maybe killed somebody or that he's, like, a crazy person on social media right now. But he doesn't know the entire background of that O.J. Simpson case. And so I'm thinking about writing material or my joke is at least going to be to to make it more relevant, compare LeBron James murdering somebody. <laughs> oh right? my God, dude. And how he would hundred. Yeah. Yo, Just cause we need more famous people to murder and get away with it so that they can have a new frame yeah, of reference for yeah, OJ Simpson. Yeah. 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 Basically, Exactly. Just cause, just cause, like OJ Simpson got away, cause like he fucking won the Heisman trophy. Okay. No one is going to put a Heisman trophy winner in jail. Okay, right. and just like that, no one is gonna put LeBron James, who went, who went and beat a seventy-three to two team in basketball ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, in jail. Yeah. No, that's so true. A man, man. Who, a man mm-hmm. right? A man who reversed NBA playoffs that were three and one against him. He is never going to jail. He can murder three of his wives. He can get married three times and murder them. He'll still be three for one. He's not going to jail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like that. I like, or think about it as like Tom Brady. What, what if, what if Tom Brady did the same thing? Could he get away with murder? Five Super Bowl rings? Hell no. Yo. Hell no. At most, at most, they'd be like, you know what? You murdered one wife. For every wife you murder, you can give back one Super Bowl ring. <laughs> He's got five <laughs> chances. He's got five chances. Oh, that's hilarious. I like that. And I feel fun. like that could be like a bigger, bigger bit on how like. These like sports people get away with so much shit, like, like so much shit, mm-hmm. like it's ridiculous. 
Yeah. Like, I think, except for Her- Aaron Hernandez, I don't know anyone else who's uh, ever been held accountable. And even then, Aaron Hernandez, like, the biggest story about his entire murder thing was that he was actually a closeted homosexual. Like, he was he was secretly gay. <laughs> that was the biggest thing people got out of the documentary. Fuck the I, murders. Yeah. They were like, I know, oh my God, that. a football player that's I, gay? Yeah, that's so true. Like, I felt like when I was, like, as, at a certain point, they were talking about his sexuality so much. I'm like, is that the reason why he's going to jail is because he's gay? Like what is going on right yeah. now? Like they, it's like, they the NFL is like anything. this man was just running. This man was getting too many touchdowns, but he was also gay. So we have to make sure he goes to jail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I mean, like even Aaron Hernandez is just like that's not even the reason why I'm in jail. Like why do they keep on talking about it? And they're just like, <laughs> no, it's very relevant. Yeah. And they kept on bringing like the ex lover in, right? And then I I can only imagine that if Aaron Hernandez actually saw that, he's just gonna be like, really, like. Like, a, like, the whole thing is, like, whatever, like, three hours, but you choose to spend two hours on my sexuality? No, because I can just imagine Roger Goodell, like, the commissioner of the NFL, who's just like, hey, uh, Mr. Goodell, we found out that Aaron Hernandez murdered somebody. Okay, fine. What do we have to do to get him out? But he's also gay. You know what? Bury that motherfucker. <laughs> like, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> only except murder. That's it. If he's gay... Gotta keep it. Going. Yeah, he stays in. Oh man. So yeah, I don't no. know. I feel like there's there's something, and and by the way, this goes back to the earlier conversation where I feel like we should be able to joke about this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like I feel like if when I start doing this bit, once the stand up like open mics open up, I will get in a lot of trouble. Not trouble, but I'll take heat. Some people in the audience will be like, "Oh my god, no, that's not funny." Blah blah. And I'm just gonna be like, "Fuck it, I'll take the heat," till the joke gets polished enough that I can do it properly and it's more funny than offensive because i think the my thing is if you find something offensive but i make you laugh you can't get angry at me anymore mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i agree yeah yeah oh man uh let's see what else do we got guys yeah david do you want to plug your do you want to plug your twitter david your Instagram, yeah, yeah. so i'm at david crow at on Facebook, I'm uh, on Twitter. I'm at D- David Corral 24, and on Instagram, I'm David Corral 26. Those are the ages four, I made those. Four, four of our followers are gonna hear this, David. So you got this, man. Get ready for four more followers. <laughs> yeah, I know. So we uh, so we have to do that, and then like just uh, just do your social tags, and then that's it. And we'll be out. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, follow us. So thanks for listening, guys. Uh, thanks for listening to the Barely Joking podcast. Follow us on uh, Twitter, Instagram. Same name, Barely Joking. Uh, and B-E-A-R. Enjoy. Barely it. Joking. Yeah. Yeah, B-E-A-R. That's why we have a bear as a logo. Uh, and that's it. Enjoy your quarantine, guys, all right, for man, another month. Easy. Thanks for having me.